<clears throat> I just wanted to say that at this that when um just wanted to say uh this was recorded on November nineteenth. So when I say things like Thanksgiving and Christmas are coming up, just know it's because of the date it is that I recorded it and I'm just now getting to finishing it up and putting it out. Welcome to the Talking Fox podcast. I am your host, Kurama. Um, last episode, we talked about, well, Destiny, Monster Hunter, and um, I believe I've talked about a couple of game systems that I used to own as a kid. Um, today's episode, I believe I'll be talking about, I don't know what I'll be talking about. Honestly, I talk about a lot of things. So for me to talk about just one thing is kind of hard for me to do. Um, so, uh, I got back into playing Titanfall 2, um, the multiplayer. I played the story on PlayStation and Xbox. Uh, I had a PlayStation for a little bit and then something happened to it. I'm not going to go into too much detail about it. And, uh, yeah, I played it on both systems. I think on PlayStation, I'm like a G3 or G2 on that system. And on Xbox, I'm like a level 29 or 20. 30 or some something like that somewhere around there i don't really play the game enough on the xbox to really be in like the super hardcore sweat category area um yeah there's that i've been playing a lot of um monster hunter again uh i was playing the iceborne story and i finally finished that up that was actually really good it was really well done the final boss is just so cool the final cutscene especially or at least the cutscene before the final cutscene is just so cool. And uh, you fight like a certain version of a monster that I'm not, uh, if, I'm pretty sure that the game's been out for a while. So you guys fight a version of Nergigante, which is like one of the Elder Dragons that eats another Elder Dragon. It's called a uh, Ruiner Nergigante, and you have to be like Master Rank 99. 999 to actually fight it along to along with fighting a latrion and fatalis which i still haven't even done yet i'm still fighting raj raj rajang and uh stygian zenogre and uh i think stygian zenogre by far one of stygian zenogre actually is by far one of my favorite variants of a monster to have come across so far in the game aside from maybe ebony odegarin which is basically just an odegarin but black and it has dragon element which is a really, really cool twist on a regular uh, Odegarin. And what I like about even Odegarin, since it's a subspecies of regular Odegarin, is that regular Odegarin is really weak to ice. So what they did with that is they made it weak to the second, like ice is a uh, liquid form, obviously, uh, water. He's weak to water, and I find that I found that pretty cool. His uh, mouth, when he like gets enraged. Or when you see him in his cutscene is all red and cool looking. It's just so cool. And then there's Savage Devil Joe, which is basically a regular regular Devil Joe. If you don't know who Devil Joe is, he's a monster and monster hunter. He's been in most of the games that have uh, come out. Um, you don't fight him until you come across a special assignment in Monster Hunter World. And then there's a version of him in Iceborne, which is called Savage Devil Joe. And Devil Joe eats pretty much everything in the ecosystem, which is why they call him the World Eater or something like that. And then there's uh, his variant, which is called Savage Devil Joe, which is driven by 
madness it's hunger like it's driven mad by its hunger so it's constantly enraged and constantly angry all the time so you have to watch out for when you're fighting it because it's pretty hard i haven't fought it yet personally and i don't want to that's one of the reasons why i don't touch i don't like devil like i fought devil joe once just to complete his uh special assignment because i finished base game world at the time and uh i didn't like it all that much he was very difficult I mean, most monsters in the game are difficult when you hit a certain level, but I just, he was, he felt extremely difficult, like a different kind of difficult, and it was annoying. Um, my favorite Elder Dragon in the game is probably Teostra, but since I've played Iceborne, I have like a new list of favorites, so I think Vulcana is definitely on that list. Vulcana is the flagship monster for Iceborne, and uh, it's an ice-based monster, so it's weak to fire. Most most monsters in base game are weak to either thunder or water or dragon or something like that. Rathalos is the only monster that I'm aware of that's weak to dragon for some reason. I don't question it. I don't know. Probably because he's a flying wyvern. Um, so I finished. So before I finished the story mode, I was at the final boss and I couldn't get through it for the life of me. So I couldn't solo it. So, um, and this is pretty much for all the monsters because I'm, I didn't really like, I was just trying to get through the story. So I didn't really have enough time to like try and understand the monster as I fought it. So I'd constantly get fainted and constantly get screwed over. Um, so I had to do like LFGs, which are looking for groups. And I had to do a couple of those to actually get through the Velcana part, then to the part with, um, Black Veil Valhazak, which is a variant of regular Valhazak, only Black Veil just uses the effluvium breath thing that he that regular Valhazak does a little bit more often. And then um I think the only monster I soloed was Namael. And that's an Elder Dragon. Um that's another Elder Dragon before you get to the final final boss. Um so I ended up needing help with pretty much everything in the story except for Namael and uh Beatutis and Banborough even though I fainted on those ones like a couple more times than I would have liked um two two starting monsters and I got beat by both of them which is depressing uh so my favorite non-elder dragon monsters are Legiana um Legiana Tobukadachi uh Legiana, Toby Kadachi, Odegaron, um, Blue Azure Rathalos, which is just Rathalos but blue. Um, Diablos might maybe maybe Diablos. Diablos Diablos is a pain in the dick. Excuse me, I burped. Yeah, I don't need to hear that. Um, what other monsters? Um, so with that new list. So with the new list of monsters that I like, it so all the non-Elder Dragon monsters that I like now are um so Legiana's still one, Odegaran's still one, uh Toby Kadachi is still one. The new ones that are added to the list are probably Nargakuga and Stygian Zenogre. And that's pretty much it. I didn't like Beatutis, I didn't like Banborough, I didn't I mean, Tyrex was cool. He's just a 
he's just a he has a t-rex head and looks like a tiger kind of sort of um glavinus was cool ascetic glavinus was cool even yodagarin was cool shrieking legiana which is a variant of regular legiana is probably one of my favorites um as far as elder dragons go my favorite is more than likely teostra yeah it's teostra so my three favorite monsters in iceborne since iceborne's release are um so teostra's still up there Velcon is definitely up there um lunastra which is just the female ver female version of teostra is up there um and um namael namael is pretty cool um all the other ones were all right i didn't i mean shara ishvalda was cool but i didn't personally like enjoy fighting him all that much um that list is going to get updated again though once i fight like once i get through the guiding lands which is an iceborne endgame content thing so i'll be sure to um update the list again with that um as far as reviews go you know, i'd give it a solid 10 out of 10 i give it a solid 10 out of 10 because it brings new additions to the monster hunter roster some new some old a majority of them i think are old except for no 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 some of them are pretty new, some of them are pretty old. If you've never played the older games, that's a good way to get introduced to those older monsters. Because I never played any of the older games, I only played World, uh, Monster Hunter World. So when they added those newer monsters, a couple of, like, new, I say newer in quotations because it's not real, they're not really new monsters, except for maybe Velcana, and that's about it. Um, they added more monsters to the roster. They added a Safi Jiva siege, which is pretty cool. They added a Raj. They added a um. Fuck, what am I thinking of? They added a Latrion and Fatalis recently. It uh, gave you more. It gave you just as much, maybe a little bit more than what base game gave you. And for the price of it being like forty bucks, thirty dollars, it's either thirty, it's either thirty dollars or forty dollars. But either way, it is still one of the best DLCs that you can possibly have for any game. It gives you just as much content as you had gotten in Monster Hunter World, but even a little bit more so than that. And they added like new gameplay mechanics, like the Clutch Claw, where you can clutch onto the monster and uh, attack it, and uh, sometimes, and it'll most of the time drop Slinger ammo, and you can use that to reattach yourself to its face and make it run into the wall. Which I think is pretty cool. Um, if you main longsword, they added the Aya slash and uh, Aya the Aya sheath, the special sheath attack. That was added after Iceborne. I thought that was a base game attack, but it wasn't. It wasn't a base game attack, and it was. It didn't. It doesn't become a base game attack unless you own Iceborne, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, story wise, uh, it's a typical Monster Hunter story kind of sort of you go around you hunt the monsters that they ask you to hunt while you're trying to solve the mystery of the everstream i'm not going to really like spoil too much for you guys for those of you that haven't played it and are thinking about playing monster hunters so i'm not going to try to spoil it all that much for you guys and uh 
as far as that, that's pretty cool. Um, it gives you not only just the Horror Frost Reach and a completely separate um, main camp and like gathering hub and all that. It gives you so it gives you Celiana, which is the go-to place where you go for like your to upgrade your weapons, you know, get some potions, craft some potions, speak, uh, get eat food there. And then there's the gathering hub, which is just as big, or if not, it's like bigger than the one that you have in Astera, which is pretty cool. Um, as far as Astera goes, you kind of go back and forth between the two. Like for the first couple of missions, you'll be on the Horrorfrost Reach. Then for like maybe one or two missions, maybe one or two, maybe three, you'll be on um. You'll be honest. You'll be at the Astera Hub, and then back from the Astera Hub, you'll go back to the Horror Frost Reach, and then you'll continue your fight there at the Horror Frost Reach. And um, then there's the. What am I thinking of? Um. Then there's the, um, I lost my train of thought. I was talking about the gathering hub and stuff, um, or the story and how you'll be going from Horror Frost Reach to Astera or back to the base game. So then after that, you end up getting, so after you complete the main game, there's the Guiding Lands, which is another location that you can unlock, but you have to complete the Iceborne story to get to the Guiding Lands. Um, just the same way how you have to finish base game to get to the Behemoth fight and the i believe lesson fight ancient lesson fight the weird witcher crossover event or monster that they have for you to fight where you can unlock gerald's um armor and stuff then there's the um that's that's pretty much that as far as that goes um The weapons, obviously the weapons give you a lot more. Um, weapons give you a lot more. Of course they do. They give you, they always give you more weapons whenever it is the release updates like that in Monster Hunter. It's kind of known that they give you like more upgrades to arm your arsenal with. I only use longsword, so I don't really know. I maybe dabble in charge blade, but that's only because I have the whole Dante set. So whenever I do like high ranking missions and stuff like that, I'll do the uh, I'll wear the Dante set. But other than that, I mostly wear my master rank set, just because I feel like it. Um, and I feel like cheesing through the boss is a lot easier. So while it is that I'm on reviews, uh, Beyond Light came out six days ago actually, and uh, I've actually enjoyed that so far. It was pretty cool. The way how it worked was kind of weird. How you get the new supers. In terms of like what we got with Forsaken, where when you played Forsaken, I think it was like after you played like the first mission, they gave you, you have, you have to go talk to Ikora and she's like, your visions of light, blah, 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 blah. Pick them up, then go visit fucking, I think it was the IO. You visit IO to get your new super. And from there, you can actually choose which super you wanted, which was like the. Night Stalker's Middle Tree, um, 
Spectral Blades, which essentially was just like, or it's called Way of the Wraith. Then there was um, the Arc Shredder Middle Tree, which was just pretty much you spin the staff. It 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 would all you all they did was just add that you could spin the staff, and that was literally all that they did for Arc Shredder. They're like, how can we improve this? I mean, we gave Void Walk, we gave the Void users a fucking set of daggers. We gave the Golden Gun users the throwing knives that they don't even have to aim with anymore. What should we do with for Night Stalker? Have them just spin the staff. You're hired. Promotion. That's pretty much how it went. I'm pretty sure it's in the Bungie studio. But mm, it was a really good story. It was a really good story. Really well done. Uh, if you've played Forsaken, which I'm pretty sure some people have already, is like uh, you'll get different lines for certain parts of the game. Just the same way how you would get different lines for Shadowkeep, uh, which was pretty cool too. Um, the Stranger comes back, and she finally has time to explain where it is that she had no time to explain in the first game, which they finally brought back that weird-ass plot line that they had fucking forgotten about in the first game. It was like, oh, go do all this. And then after that, you never saw her again, and now she's back again. Interesting. Interesting choices, Bungie. Um... As far as the season pass goes, or at least the season called uh, Season of the Hunt, pretty interesting endgame content to keep you up there. I think Bungie's had to, like, so aside from all that, Bungie's had to, like, cut off certain points of the game because people were, like, literally using bullshit methods to rank up quicker in the season pass. And those exact same people who ranked up in the season pass by, like, using, like, an exploit with the bounties on the moon would uh essentially be like okay i'm bored well no shit you're bored motherfucker you like basically cheated your way through the entire fucking story mode and you expect yourself to have fun there's no way you have fun that way let me just go ahead and fucking cheat to get all the way to like the best shit oh yeah let me go ahead and just cheat and then complain about it later like you have no right to complain about being bored because you fucking decided to use an exploit to get your way through half of the fucking story uh, as far as the new super goes, Bungie should have like t put up like a test server to test it out, like Overwatch or Siege, because this super is. I mean, a lot of people say it's balanced. Other people say it's broken. Uh, I'm kind of gonna play as the devil's devil's advocate here. On one side, it is broken. On the other side, it really isn't broken. Uh, I've seen one YouTuber uh, that I watched earlier say that it's like a high risk, high reward. But it's not really high risk versus high reward. When you're mid-gunfight and somebody freezes you because they're going to die. And they know that they're going to die. So they throw their fucking grenade at you so you can freeze and kill you. Because they're a bitch like that. Or a punk. I shouldn't even be using the word bitch. I already did. But they're a punk like that. And it's just like, okay. I see you. You can't win a, one, you can't win a solid gunfight. So you have to rely on your ability to do it. That's whack. That is so whack. Then there's the, um, what else is there? What else was I thinking about? <clears throat> um, the weapons that they give you. So a lot of people have found out that 
You get exotics by completing a lost sector, then going back and recompleting it solo on like a harder difficulty. And it's not a guaranteed drop. It's kind of like rare. But because it's a rare, it's kind of more common a little bit. It's kind of almost common. Like just because it's labeled as rare doesn't mean it's like impossible to get for this game. Like it's not it's not really guaranteed your first try, but you might get it your second or third try. Where let's say if it was like said if it was labeled as um oh no i can't get it it won't come out in the loot pool how the fuck do i get this no it's not like that at all you uh do what you have you farm that one lost sector a couple times until you get it and that's pretty much it. it you just have to really rely on rng for that at that point um the hunters speaking of which uh speaking of uh gameplay wise um so the super is cool. Uh, you get to freeze people whenever it is you feel like it. And when you're mid-gun fight, some people may freeze you because they're assholes. Um, what else is there? Um, I've heard a lot of people complain about the Titan super when it's like just the fist of ice that they slam at you. It's really no different from the regular uh, fist of havocs that, that they have. And a lot of people really don't like that. Um... The Hunter Super is basically like if Void Walk, if like a Night Stalker and a Gunslinger running way of a thousand cuts had a baby, and that's basically what the Revenant subclass is called. Then there's the Warlocks with the Shade, Warlocks with the Shade Binder, where they run around with a fucking staff and just freeze you in place. Not really fun. Uh, what was I talking about? What else was I talking about? So, in terms of, like, the loot, loot pool and stuff, they still haven't released when, like, Hawkmoon is going to come out. And uh, Hawkmoon was a exotic from Destiny 1 that you could only get through the fucking Vault of Glass raid. And because it's an exotic, it has, like, a harder chance of dropping, like, most exotics in the game. As I was saying about the loot pool, though, like, it really relies to RNG. I know a lot of, like, purples drop like crazy, especially if you do, like, a lot of endgame activities and stuff, like Crucible or uh wrathborn hunts this season or um gambit or strikes or really like bounties and stuff like that that's pretty much like what it is there's no really like any kind of there's like no set way to get a game get a specific weapon and that's the thing that people really don't because like uh, i'm personally still waiting for them to release the hawk moon which is a hand, which is like I said, the hand cannon that came out from Destiny One, which I never got in Destiny One because I could never do the Vault of Glass raid. I owned a copy, I sold it because I didn't, I didn't have a PS4 to play it. Ugh. Another thing too is like with the crossplay release of like being able to move your account from platform to platform makes it so you don't have to start over and i am so fucking glad that they decided to do that because i am not ready to grind the story mode or really like gambit or fucking what's it called crucible ever again for any of the good shit that i had downside is though they made like they vaulted a lot of weapons and uh what bungie didn't clarify was like the weapons that they were vaulting were going to be from like base game to fucking from base game to
So they removed all the weapons from base game. So from base game all the way to Shadow Keep. Or no, not Shadow Keep, uh Forsaken and Black Armory and all that. And they made all of those like um They vaulted a lot of those, so when you're playing the game and most people like to upgrade their gear and take it like move on with it. They made specific weapons uh max out or cap out at 1060, which is straight fucking bullshit. Like that's a dick move to do. Especially if you're like somebody that doesn't really use um especially if it's like a like I can understand if it was like guns that were like mountaintop, recluse, um Luna's Howl, Not Forgotten, uh, Ostringer. I can understand you. I can understand vaulting all of those weapons, but the fact that they also vaulted the stuff that was in Forsaken, like Ro, like Rose Thorn. Well, not Thorn, but Rose. Um, fuck. What other uh, Rose? Trust. I want to say Better Devils, which is a base game weapon, and. Um, yeah, they pretty much made all of those weapons only cap out of 1060, so you can't keep going on unless you have, like, an exotic that you want to take with you. And my personal exotic of choice lately has been the Ace of Spades, because Bungie also decided to make all hand cannons fire from 150 RPM to 140 RPM, and that is complete fucking bullshit. The only hand cannon that has an exception to that is uh, Sunshot, which is an exotic. An exotic hand cannon that I don't think anybody can get anymore unless you've, like, played fucking the Red War part of the campaign. Which I don't even think you can do anymore because of all this Beyond Light bullshit. Like, they deleted a bunch of locations. Which, I think it would be cool if they had them, like, in a rotation. In a set rotation. But they're not. And uh, that's pretty much all I have to say about the new Forsake or Beyond Light uh, DLC. It was it's pretty good to uh, about like seven eight point five out of ten. Uh, only reason is because they don't really do much. They just give you a location, a new location, uh, a new location. As I'm fucking repeating myself, I'm stuttering. So they give you a new location, a new super, and half of your planets got deleted that's pretty much it um in terms of gameplay same gameplay as before only difference is you now get frozen in place whenever you oh yeah and then when you ever you just you activate your super you still get frozen in place it's like basically giving you the finger so there's that um so i've been playing mirror's edge on the pc so, uh, yeah, that's been fun. I was raging at it earlier because I was recording for a YouTube video and uh, I couldn't get past this one part, which is fucking stupid. It's so fucking dumb. Um, so I might not continue that game, but I might, I don't know. Um, I'm going to be releasing, of course, Destiny 2 gameplay, uh, because why the hell not? They're really, I don't really see a point. I could do the story for Beyond Light, but I don't want to. I could always do, like, the first 10 minutes of it, or the first, like, story mission of it. But because I don't have it on PC, and I have it on the Xbox, because uh, cross-play, cross, yeah, pr cross-play, I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. So, there's that. I could always go back and play, like, Forsaken, or 
Shadow Keep or really any of those story missions, which I think are pretty cool. Um, um, I I might also be playing Portal for my YouTube channel. So I'm going to be playing Portal, probably Don't Starve, and some other games. I'd have to go back and re replay Sally Face, which is another game that I started playing on my YouTube channel, but I stopped because uh, I did something wrong and fucked up the, what I was supposed to do. So I have to redo all of episode, all of the part that I'm on, to do what it to do what it is that I have to do to move forward in the game. Um, yeah, that's pretty much almost all I gotta say. Christmas is around the corner. Hope you guys all have like a good, well, Christmas. There's also Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving should be fun. Lots of turkey, lots of ham, you know. Um, what else is there? Uh, let me see what else I can. Well, I might actually play GTA at some point. Um. So I have like a bunch of games that I still haven't played yet, but I might actually get to play those and release like a mini review on those as well. So the games that I got are The Raven, Rise of the Tomb Raider, Assassin's Creed Syndicate, and Valkyria, Valkyria Revolution. I've also got for backwards compatible games, I've got... Um, Oblivion and Far Cry 3. There's no point in me playing Halo Reach, considering they moved it to the Master Chief Collection. Like they did with ODST, so there was no point in owning either copies of those games. Um, I also haven't yet played Gears of War 4 or 5. I should probably get to playing those at some point, eventually. So I can do, like, a review on those as well. My own personal review. I'm pretty sure that there's plenty of reviews out there about it. But I want to put out my own review, give my own thoughts and opinions on the game because like uh, everybody's thoughts and opinions are always going to be different from one another's. And uh, yeah, I, I only want to play it too because I have the fucking limited edition Xbox one for Gears 5, the white one. Oh, it's so crispy. I love it when you turn it on. It makes like a really cool sound. It sounds like um makes like a really cool sound like the like the loading not the loading but like the checkpoint sound and then as for when you turn it off it sounds like the wind or something which is pretty cool anyway yeah so I, i'm gonna go ahead and try to find what else to talk about now so like I, so at the beginning i put a quick disclaimer saying that um when I had said things like, you know, like Thanksgiving and Christmas are coming up was because I had recorded it on November 19th. That is true. As of finishing the rest of the episode now, it is currently February 23rd, 2021. So, um, what I wanted to say was, uh, in that time frame, I played Shadow of the Tomb Raider. I skipped over Rise of the Tomb Raider. But I'm going to play that one because I really do want to play all three of them. I played Shadow of the Tomb Raider and I got to say it was a really, really good story. Probably like I know a lot of people said that it was like the worst in the trilogy and that a lot of the a lot of the reason why it got such a bad reputation was because Square Enix um, made it go on sale like a month after its release or a month before its release or something like that. So like a lot of people weren't happy that 
certain people were paying more for pre-order when certain people didn't have to spend as much money for the same game that they had bought. Which is understandable, but also you can't, like, fuck up... You can't really mess with the game's review because of the... Con, like not even like because of the because the developer's choice on what to do with it like you like yeah you spent the money and you're upset because you know somebody else is getting it for a much cheaper price when you have to pay such a higher amount but that's not a reason to fuck over a game and give it such a bad review um aside from all that it was really good story-wise in terms of story it had a really good really really good plot going on um, so in like the first half, so like in the, at the beginning of the game, you start off, you know, it gives you like the whole, oh, the plane's crashing type of scenario. And then it goes back to like two days ago before this all happened. And it kind of just throws you right in kind of like Spider-Man did when that first came out. Uh, speaking of Spider-Man, I did get Miles Morales. So I have Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and... That's about it. So I'll be playing those eventually at some point. Um, Spider-Man, I started replaying, and God, it was such a good fucking game. But this is about Tomb Raider, not Spider-Man. So playing Tomb Raider, I've been a fan of Tomb Raider. I have the definitive edition for the whole reboot trilogy. I have the very first game. I have the second game in this in the series, and I have and uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider was free for PlayStation Plus. So. I decided to play it and give it a chance, and I liked how it played. It flowed very well. It did. It flowed very well, and it had a really cool combat system and a pretty cool stealth system as well. Like, there's a section of the game, I believe, where you start, where you learn how to use mud camouflage, and you can hide on the mud walls, and that was so fucking cool. Like, I like what they did with her with Laura for this series. Like excuse me, I burped. I didn't want you guys to hear that. And what I liked what they did with Laura was that they made her into like almost a guerrilla warfare type of specialist. And I thought that was really freaking cool. Because like she's she's like running around, you know, using a bow and arrow, putting on mud on herself. It's like she trained to be like this badass character, you know? And um yeah, I like the combat system. The upgrade system could have been a little bit better. Um, it had an overall really good like narrative to it. I thought it was a pretty good story. It was really well done, really well written. There's certain points here and there that I don't exactly agree with because they're kind of just awkwardly inserted into the game. Like, like for instance... Um, for a new coming player, like it was, it's it's already implied that Dominguez and Laura know each other. Now, as somebody who's never played the second game, you're like, how the hell did they know each other? Who the fuck is Dominguez, and why? How the fuck does Laura Croft Laura Croft know him? And then with Rourke, it's kind of like he has this weird obsession with her. And I thought that was kind of weird. It was like he had like a really strange obsession with Laura. And, you know, like, 
he had like it's like he like I said it's like he had a really weird obsession, and Laura just turned him down and he like went batshit crazy and was like ah blah, 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 blah. like crazy ex boyfriend, crazy stalker guy, and it was like, well I don't know what the fuck their history is why the fuck is he so determined to try and kill Laura Croft, because like I said I never played the second game I've only played the first game, so when I do play the second game and then I go back and play the the fir- the third game the final finale in the trilogy it was it's gonna be it's gonna make sense it's gonna click in my head um i so like for that part to come up it was kind of confusing and then there's the death scene for the queen of patiti um what was her name unuratu her name was queen unuratu and her son was etsley but like there wasn't like when they when they decide to kill her off, you know, and it happens, and they her care and she dies. I didn't feel a connection with her character to care enough to be like, oh no, this we lost a very important person in the story. But the thing is, though, there was no like relationship really there with the character built enough for me to care about why it is this person died or the issue like that this the problem that this person died you know that was really kind of awkward for me one of the most badass parts in the game at least this is my favorite part of the game is when you're going to the oil rig facility and on your way there you're being you're being tracked by all the trinity operatives and then when you're climbing up the tower and you fall down and you go into the water, it's like in a movie where they do where the hero has to like where the hero thinks back on everything, you know, trying to find their resolve. And when they do, she comes up and she's like fucking pissed. Like these people look at her and they're like so they're like just the stare alone that, that she gives them is enough to make them shake and be terrified of her. So she kind of just walks up on this dude with a knife and just fucking, after he struggles for a bit, she sticks him and then takes his gun and starts wrecking all hell loose. She says, you know, all hell breaks loose at that point. I thought that was pretty cool. One of the coolest scenes in the game by far. Uh, The scenery and the puzzles, pretty good. The scenery was beautiful. Certain parts of the game just looked fucking gorgeous. Like... When you're exploring all the Aztec ruins and all that stuff, looks phenomenal. Looks fucking beautiful. I myself would never explore any of that shit because you know I, I'm no thanks. Rather not fuck with something and possibly cause the end of the world. <laughs> and uh, like just scenery and stuff. Like just like I'm just a sucker for scenery and stuff like that when it comes to video games. Like another, like one of my other favorite part of the game is where you go to one of the temples and it's like, it's like a really high dive that you go down into. And as you're dive, like, that's really cool that you dive into the water. It just looks so nice and so pretty. And then there's like a bunch of birds lined up at the entrance of it. And it looks just so fucking gorgeous. Like, I just can't get over how amazing that scene looked in the game. Um... What else can I say about it? In terms of, like, ending, like, I know some people said that the ending was very unsatisfactory, 
which it was. It was unsatisfactory, at least to me. Uh, personally, I think they should make like a DLC to continue that story, or at least to finish wrap up that story to get it to give it a proper ending, or just to make a completely new game, and you know fix up that tie up that little plot hole, that little knot. That would be pretty cool. Because, like, Tomb Raider has always been, like, a really cool game to me. The idea of exploring, like, all these ruins of past of past is just really cool to me. And I'm also, like, a really big fan of, like, dinosaurs. As weird as it sounds. Like, I love Jurassic Park. I want there to be, like, a Jurassic Park first-person horror game. Actually, you know what? I didn't even, dis- I didn't even say it. Well, that's the wrap-up of my review of Shadow of the Tomb Raider. It was pretty cool. Had a really good ending. Uh, I like that it has a new game plus mode. So what I did, kind of, sort of, and uh, this is this nobody has to do this. It's just how I play the game. Um, well, I got like to the very end of the game, where you have to talk to the now king, it King Etsley. And so what I did was because bef- you have to go talk to him. So before doing that, all the challenge tombs that i didn't do i went back and i did all of them to get all the skills and stuff now again nobody has to do that that's just the way it is that i play games sometimes i'll do specific things in specific parts of the game i do things in a specific manner so i won't do a side quest right away i'll get like to the point in the game where it's almost the end and then go back and do all the side quests and shit like that because i think that's pretty cool um yeah, that pretty much wraps up my entire Tomb Raider review. Uh, what are, what are the game what was, was I talking about? What game was I talking about? What game was I talking about? There was a game that I was talking about, and I can't remember what the fuck the name of the game was that I was talking about. Oh, so I finally got a chance to play Final Fantasy VII and God of War, and those are both really beautiful looking games fucking hands down beautiful games beautiful looking i'm not even completely done with it just from what i've played so far it's beautiful it's amazing i like the fact that god of war takes place in norse mythology as and that we have an older kratos that's a little bit more wiser compared to when he was younger and he went on that rampage and killed all the gods of olympus that is fucking cool one of my favorite things ever is like they didn't exactly show his character arc or his character growth i mean they did in the first past three games and then in this one it shows and i thought that was really fucking cool i love that i love character arcs like that um for final fantasy 7 i haven't really played like past the first chapter but it is really good really fun i enjoyed it i like my favorite like it was kind of one of those games that i never played myself but i knew about and i like I like playing cloud like cloud is probably one of my favorite characters tifa is also another one of my favorite characters but like being able to play the remake which even though it's not the original and it's it's probably not it's not the same i can hear some people saying but it's still really, really cool to play that game. As something that I never played as a kid. And playing it now, like, it was so cool. So fucking cool. Um, 
So on the PC, I bought Kindergarten recently, recently, and I watched. I think I watched Jacksepticeye play it, and that was a pretty cool thing. He he enjoyed it, I believe. I think that was a pretty. I kind of want to play it myself because I like to play games myself. You know, I'm that kind of person where after playing, after watching somebody play it, I want to play it myself because I want to be able to experience it for myself. That's a game that I really thought was cool. Uh, it looks really cool. I like pixelated games sometimes. Specific, I like specific pixel games, if that makes any sense. Um, I played Injustice 2. I main Harley Quinn. She's pretty easy to play sometimes. I deleted it off my Xbox, though, because I don't really play it. And then I jumped back into playing Apex Legends for the new season because of the new he- new legend. That's fucking cool. Like, I like that they added a repeater rifle now. So they added a repeater rifle and a new hero and a new map, I think. I don't think it's a new map. I think Olympus has been there since, like, Season 7, which I think was pretty cool. Um, So now we have three maps in Apex and a almost full roster of new operators. Or operators, not operators. Legends, my bad. And then... What other games do I do? What's I gonna? Oh, so my idea for a game. So I want there to be a Jurassic Park first-person horror game, specifically in first person, because everything is much scarier in first person. I want there to be a first-person Jurassic Park game, and in the first like couple of levels, you're going through the park as a normal citizen, you know, normal human being, going through the park, seeing all the attractions and all that, and then suddenly. Boom, the entire park goes into lockdown and you're having to escape all the dinosaurs. And the goal is to get with the remaining survivors so you can all get off of the island. I thought, I think that would be such a fucking cool game. You have no idea. I'd, I'd invest money in that. Oh, it sounds like such a fucking cool idea. Like, there's the PC game Oakwood, don't get me wrong, which is kind of like that, but it's like not long enough for you to want to keep going back it's not it's not enough to satiate the needs so i want there to be a full-blown complete fucking first person mode for first person jurassic park horror game where you have to survive the park and make your way all the way from point a to point b now, there can be a multiplayer mode, and in the multiplayer mode, it's basically all of you working together as a survivor. So the multiplayer mode could have four four people versus one dinosaur, I guess. Four of you, one. Sounds like Evolve. Or it can be like, in, in the co-op mode, it would be the four of you guys all trying to work together to escape. Or you have to build a boat or something like that. I think that would be pretty fucking cool. I don't know, I'll I'll think of the rest of the outlines later, but for now, my base design, first-person Jurassic Park video game, survival horror game, where you have to go from point A to point B and escape with the others. I think that'd be pretty fucking cool. Um, I played Greedfall, so I'm wrapping up that section of my my game idea. Um, Wrapping up that section... Uh, another cool game that I played was Greedfall. 
It's on Game Pass, and it's also free for PlayStation Plus this month. And I think next month we have two more games coming. But it's pretty fun. Uh, I like the idea behind it. It's kind of confusing sometimes as to where to go. I did a bunch of side objectives before doing anything in the main story because I didn't know what I was doing. So I thought that was pretty cool. It's kind of like a choose-your-own-path kind of game, sort of. Kind of, sort of. Not 100% choose-your-own-path, but like... Go do these side missions, and you do these side missions, and some of the side missions that I did tied in with the actual mission that I was supposed to be doing, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, that's one thing. Uh, so next month, so th- that's my wrap-up of that. Sorry, I, I talked too fast. So next month, I believe on the 31st, they are taking Super Mario 3D All-Stars off of all the shelves. And I'm going to try to get Super Mario All-Stars, even though I don't own a Switch. But I might get a Switch. I'll try to get a Switch. I really want one, because I've been wanting one, because Monster Hunter Rise comes out next month as well, on the 26th. And by golly, I cannot fucking wait to play that game, because I've loved Monster Hunter. Like, in my first, first podcast episode, I talked about Monster Hunter, obviously. One of my favorite games. Uh, I would love to play it on the Nintendo Switch. I played the demo. The demo is not too bad. Um, my issue with the demo was that even though it didn't really show off the customization because it is a demo, it gave you like preset characters for you to use. You know, kind of wish uh, what I kind of like, um, like, for example, like I wish they did something like Code Vein where you could like make your character in the demo. And then your character transfer from the demo to the game, which I think is pretty fucking cool because in Code Vein, you can. So, when you. So, Code Vein, when you get the demo and everything, right? So, you make the character. And then you can transfer that character from the demo to the main story. So, when you get the full game, you still have your character. You don't have to remake it. And I think that's completely fucking cool. Um. I've been wanting to play the Batman Arkham games again recently. I played Arkham Asylum and Arkham City way back when, but I want to replay them because I think those are pretty cool. I And Arkham Knight, I never got a chance to play Arkham Knight. I never sat down and played Arkham Knight, but I did want to play it. I thought it was pretty cool. I did want the PlayStation that came out for that, the steel PlayStation with Batman on it. That was pretty cool. Um... Yeah, um, my lady got a Switch for Christmas, and I had been playing, I played a little bit of Legend of Zelda when I was over there, her breath, because she had Breath of the Wild, and that game is pretty cool, it's graphically beautiful, it looks really nice, she's having a lot of fun with it, I didn't really get too far, I didn't really play it all that much, because I don't want to overstep boundaries, you know, it's her Switch, um, and then for her birthday, I got her Resident Evil 3, and she loved it. She enjoyed playing it so much that she ended up beating it in like two days, which was pretty cool, even though it was unassisted. But I'm not going to give her too much flack for that because she's never played any of those games. So it was nice for her to actually play those games. And she's going to go back and replay it on standard, which is pretty cool. Um, the whole time I made a joke because uh, Nemesis is in an all-black suit, and he looks like a man named Requise. So we we made the joke about his name being Requise and not Nemesis. So that was pretty cool. 
Um, she simped for Carlos because Carlos in the remake looks pretty good. He doesn't look that bad. He doesn't look as bad as the other one, as the original. This new one looks pretty cool. Um, what else? Uh, hmm. I'm trying to think of what else. So. Oh, and I started. I I got. I played Siege. Um, that game is pretty fun. I like it. Uh, pff, yeah, just yeah, you're so smart. I like it. I'm such a two-year-old dude. It's really good. It's really fun. Uh, I like to play it with some of my friends. So, yeah. Um, there's. So, I got a PS4. And like I said, I got Spider-Man. I got the first Spider-Man, and then I got Miles Morales. Excuse me, I burped. You guys didn't need to hear that. So, Miles Morales, and then I started replaying Darksiders two and Darksiders three because those were pretty fun. I enjoyed those so much. Oh, like it was such a nice feeling to go back and play through them. I was kind of upset though because like it's not the same hard drive that I had on my old PlayStation. So all my save files that I had for all three of the games is uh. It's gone, so I have to start all over from scratch. Um, and that sucked. I have dark, so I have all three of them. So I have Darksiders War Master, Darksiders Definitive, and Darksiders Three. I I'm missing Genesis, which I plan to get for the PlayStation, because I have all of them on the fucking PlayStation, on digital except for Genesis, and I really want to. Genesis was. I played a little bit of it on the Xbox. I streamed it like a while back, and I think I ported that stream to YouTube. But it was pretty fun. I enjoyed it so much. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it pretty, 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 pretty well. It was one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite games, actually. I like War. I like Death, and I like Fury, and I like Strife. I like Strife's attitude. He reminds me. Um, he's like the Joker of the Four Horsemen, like. He doesn't really take it too seriously. He doesn't take it too seriously. He's laid back. He's chill. He doesn't really care. You know, he's he just does what he does, and I, that's really cool. I like that. Um, <clears throat> so, replaying Spider Man, I did like a majority of the stuff I didn't do my first playthrough. So, like. So, sorry, something caught me off guard. So, like, I played... So, I did all of the Taskmaster challenges and fought Taskmaster, beat him. I fought Adrian Toomes, I beat him. So, until I can record, I do side missions and stuff. I do all the side missions to get them all out of the way. Like, I did all the demon hideouts. I did all the Fisk hideouts. Um, so, then, up next, I will need to do all the Saber Outposts. And then all of the prison camps, and then move on with the rest of the story and do the rest of the side missions and stuff that you get through progressing through the game, which is really, really, which is really something that I wanted to do. I wanted 100% it the first time I played it because I thought it was, I'm just one of those people where it's like, if it's a game that I really enjoy, I will want to 100% it, complete it, get the platinum, get the gold get whatever achievement it is that you get for getting all the achievements i'm that kind of guy 
Um, I played Destiny 2. The Hawkmoon Quest came out. I did that. I did... So, it's like Season of the Worthy right now. So, last season... I didn't really play all that much, because stasis you know i didn't i like played it a little bit and then i got over it you know you're just freezing people in place i didn't really find the fun in that like you just freeze people in place and then you can shoot them and it's a free kill like i'm i'm the kind of person to like i want to get into a gunfight like a gunfight gunfight like we shoot at each other and whoever comes out on top comes out on top so i have hawk moon now that was a pretty fun quest pretty easy to do if you're doing it solo if you know what you're doing if you it's a lot easy it's like cheesable if you're doing it duos which is another easy thing to do um with this new season though there's a a new weapon that i want called the dead man's tail and i don't want to get the season pass because i did that last season for the hawk moon and only for the hawk moon um i want to get the season i kind of want to get the season pass again because this dead man's tail the it's a scout rifle and i'm a sucker for repeater rifles those things are fucking cool i love them i love the little lever action that they have because uh, i'm a ash main in overwatch so i like the little fire and then the lever and then the fire and then the lever and then the fire and then the lever you get you get what i'm going with that i just i think that's pretty cool um so enough of that uh i got I have the connecting cables to an old, old Xbox that's sitting up in my closet. So I have the AV cables. I have the power cable. I just need a controller. I just need a controller. And that's about it. And it's ready to be played. And I can play games with it. And I can't wait to start playing some of the old games that I used to play on it. I have Over the Hedge for it. But uh, one game that I really want to get is Spongebob. The old Spongebob game from the original Spongebob movie. And I really want that because I got so far as the road to Shell City and I never fucking finished it. As childish as I sound, I really want to finish that game. Oh god, the memories. It was so fun playing that game. Like, It was difficult. It had its moments where you just wanted to like quit and just not play it anymore. But it was so fucking fun. Like... I, I just like it. Like, it was a really cool game, really fun game. Um, so, yeah, I want it. What the fuck? I'm so confused. My grandma just started yelling at. 